Sabbath, everybody. From my left to my right, happy Sabbath. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. I said, God is good. And all the time. Amen. It's all right to put a hand, clap of praise right there. It's all right to worship and magnify the name of the Lord. It is indeed a blessing and honor to be able to be back in God's house. We just want to welcome all of you who are visiting with us, be it online or in the house. It's good to see Sister Kathy in the house. Amen. It's been a minute, but praise God you're here with us. Amen. We've been praying for you. It's a blessing that you're able to make it back into the house. Amen. And we will continue to pray for you. Amen. 
So we serve an awesome God is amazing. God, you may be seated um, at this time. Just want to share just a couple of announcements with you um, as we spend our time together today. Um, again, as always, um, we welcome you. Thank you so much. Um, um, you are truly welcome in the space today. Um, we serve an amazing God. He is truly um, on his throne doing what God does. Um, Sometimes it doesn't look like it, but I just want to encourage you. He know exactly what he's doing. Um, and so we want to worship him today. We bless him today. Um, we want you to mark your calendars for um, um, September the 10th, where we'll have a special day from our AY department, our youth and young adults. Um, so we want you to mark your calendars for that. Um, we'll have a guest speaker, uh, Pastor Elijah Johnson, will be here with us. Um, we just want to just, uh, just, just let God have his way. Also, in October, we want you to mark your calendars for our revival, which will be taking place from October the 29th through November the 12th. October the 29th through November the 12th, we'll be here um, going through our evangelistic series. Amen. Um, you know, we serve a God that is able to do all things. Word of Knowledge Bible College. <laughs> Revitalizing and reclaiming God's living church. That's what we're going to be doing here October the 29th, not to November the 12th. So we want you to mark your calendars for that day. We're going to have an amazing, amazing time um, together. Again, it is indeed a blessing and honor to be here today. Uh, we welcome you all. What did I say? We welcome you once. We welcome you twice. Anybody know the rest of that? We welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, we got to, we got to, we got to, so be nice. <laughs> We're going to have to take you back. We're going to have to take you back a little bit. But praise God for you. Um, at this time, can we just bow our hands as we open up with a word of prayer? Can we just pray at this time? Love the Lord, our Father and God. Again, we're so thankful, so honored, so privileged to be able to come before you today. Again, as always, when we open up our mouths to bless your name, it is truly an honor. We know we don't deserve it. But for some reason, you saw fit to breathe life in us yet again. And so as we come before you, cleanse us, clean us, help us to reflect you in everything we say and do. Thank you for our family that is here today and those that are viewing with us online. We give you praise. Thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray.
as we petition the throne of God we know that that prayer changes things prayer can shift the tide the doctors say one thing but prayer your body may say one thing but prayer Your checking account may, but prayer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So as we gather our hearts, as we gather our thoughts, we just want to remember those that are battling with sickness in their health and their bodies. We want to remember those that are on their bed of affliction. We're still in this thing called COVID. As much as we want to break out and be about the way it used to be, we are mindful that there was this thing called uh, monkey, what is it? Monkey Monkey pox. And it seemed like every day you get a new something. But prayer, prayer can change things. 
So for those that feel pressed to come close to the altar, we encourage you to do so. But for those of you who remain in your seats, we ask that you can reverently kneel as we approach God's throne in this prayer time. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we're so thankful, so privileged, and so honored to be able to come before you on this year, your platform. As always, Father, we take nothing for granted, but in all things, we give thanks. But we recognize, Father, and we realize, and we know that you are still on the throne. How do we know? The fact that we are breathing tells us so. The fact that we woke up this morning lets us know that you are still on the throne. The fact that we made it to our destination safely lets us know that there is a God that sits high and looks low. The fact that we are even breathing this morning is a testament of your glory. So as we gather today, oh Father, we just ask that you will search our hearts and that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness and that you will allow your Holy Spirit to do what it do. Lead us into your truth. Restore the joy. Help us to reflect you in everything we say and everything that we do. For it is our desire to be a people prepared to receive you in that great kingdom morning. But Father, while we linger here on this thing called earth, we're asking that you would allow your spirit to saturate the hearts and minds of your children. We are praying, God, that you will break up the fallow ground and that you will restore the joy. Do what you do, God. Have your way this morning. Throw your weight around, oh God. We give you permission. Father, there are those that have made their way here this morning whose body is, is wrecking with pain. But because of their dedication to the cause, they are here today. So, Father, we ask that you would drop down a double portion. That you will open up the windows of heaven and that you will let your blessings just overflow this morning, oh God. Let it not be for show. Let it not be for accolades. But, Father, do what you do this morning. Let us not leave it the same way we came. Father, we pray for those that have just come to the to the altar that drawn close to the altar you know their needs you know their concerns you know what's going on in their homes oh god and so we're asking that you will move mightily on their situation we're asking that you will touch our children as they enter back into the classroom that you will make it a safe space we're praying for all of our teachers and all of our instructors oh god as they enter back into the four walls oh god of learning that you would give them oh god a double portion as well oh father god you're mighty you're strong and you're able to do all things so we're asking that you will cover our students cover our teachers cover our first responders oh god we pray right now that those that are in the nursing field as they deal with the sick as they deal with those that are dealing with different ailments 
that you will give them wisdom and guidance that you will cover and keep them as well father those that are viewing us online and that have stopped by this morning to spend time with us we want to send a special blessing out upon them oh god thanking you oh god for them taking this time out but father do a great work in them as well and let us all understand and know father god that we're here because of your grace and your mercy and when you do this god we'll be ever so mindful to give you all the praise all the honor and all the glory because we recognize that it's by not by power nor by might but it's by your spirit so let your spirit run free let your presence be made known that when we leave here we will know that we have spent time with jesus the king of kings and the lord of lords so we bless you this morning we thank you and we honor you in jesus name we pray let the people of god say amen and amen again Jesus, paid it all, right? <laughs> amen, amen, that's beautiful. Yeah, Jesus did pay it all, right? But that doesn't mean that he doesn't expect us to return unto him that which he has given us. So we have to remember God gives us so that we can give back to him. Now I want you to realize our Sabbath school lesson uh, how many been studying the lesson? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Don't want to get you in no trouble. But our lesson is talking about praise. It's talking about praising God. Mm-hmm. Now, we're all soldiers in God's army, right? Yes, but God doesn't want secret agents. No. Right. He wants those who are willing to let people know about his goodness and about Amen. his love. That's right. So I want to remind you of our stewardship, time, talent, temple, and treasure. How can we praise God through our time? First of all, we acknowledge that he's the one that gives us life 24-7, 365. That's praising him by acknowledging that. We can praise God by giving back some of our time to his work. I know we all got jobs. We're all busy with our families. But give back some of your time to God's work also. That's praising God. Mm -hmm. How can we praise God with our talents? Again, recognize he gives us all talents. Mm-hmm. Everybody has talents. Singing, musician, preaching, teaching, whatever you do. Acknowledge God gave you that talent and then give it back to him in service. Do something in the church that's going to share his love with somebody else through your talent. Temple. How can I praise God with my temple? Our bodies. Praise it by acknowledging that God has created you fearfully and wonderfully made. And that he gives you life. He gives you everything abundantly. And he wants us to share that temple with him by living a good, healthy life. We can't live a perfect life, not on this planet. But we can do good till we can do better. And we can do better until we can do what's best for our bodies. And then in terms of our treasure, we can praise God by acknowledging that he gives you power to gain wealth. You didn't do it on your own. You went to the job interview, but God got, you, got that job for you. And he gives you the ability to do your d- job, your task, so that you can make money. And we can praise him by returning a faithful tithe and offering. 
Now, we're all here members of Tabernacle of Praise. A tabernacle is a place where you can store things, where you can get things, where you can receive things. So I know that we all attend Tabernacle of Praise, but the question is, are you a Tabernacle of Praise? Let us continue to worship God in our faithful, giving our stewardship back to God as our deacons come forward. Let's remember to be faithful in time, talent, temple, and treasure by returning a faithful tithe and offering to the Lord's service. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for blessing us to be faithful stewards of our time, talent, temple, and treasure. We ask that you will bless each one of us, Lord. Help us to return unto you that which you have given to us in the first place. Bless this tithe and offering which is being faithful and honestly returned, that it may do a worthy purpose of spreading this gospel message in this generation. In the blessed name of Jesus, let everyone say amen and amen.
That was such a, a meditative spirit there. I was sitting there thinking, Elder McCray, let's just do a let's do an audible and have him just do something else. <laughs> I said I ain't want to throw them out there like that. I know they can. I know they could do it. But I'm going I'm to ask the praise team to come back up. <laughs> and I'm going to ask whatever the Lord lay on your heart, Brother Price. You can just bless the saints.
amen, amen. I think we're ready now. I think we're ready now. Let the shout of the Lord rise among us. Let the praises of our King rise among us. Oh, my, my, my. Thank you, Lord. We want to go ahead and get into our message today. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles with you. How many of us are armed and dangerous this morning? Anybody armed and dangerous? Sister Lynette, you armed and dangerous this morning? <laughs> with the, amen. If you have your, your, your hand Bible, your book Bible, your iPad, your cell phone, if you can turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 5, this is where we'll find our reading at this morning. Luke chapter 5, and we'll start with verse 17, read down to verse 26. When you have it, please stand with me in honor of the word of God. That is Luke chapter 5. We want to start with verse 17 and read all the way down to verse 26. When you have it, say amen. We'll read this responsibly. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been laying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Verse 26 together. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Today I want us to talk just on the topic, on the topic of Jesus heals the paralyzed man. Let us pray. Jesus, Father, we thank you so much uh, for this privilege and this honor to come before you. Uh, Father, we know that um, we are not deserving, but here we are because of your grace and your mercy. And so we believe this morning, Father, that there is a word from the Lord. 
And so we're asking in a very special way that you will speak to us, break down the walls, break up the fallow ground, restore the joy, and let us not leave here the same way we came. Into your hands I commit my spirit in Jesus' name. I must now decrease that the word of God may increase. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen again. You may be seated in the presence of an amazing and awesome God. Jesus heals this paralyzed young man. Of course, there are several angles that one could take as you look at this passage. I've heard several sermons preached on this passage, and um, one of them was entitled um, The Ten-Legged Men. I'll let you do the math on that. Um, The ten-legged men. Um, I heard sermons talked about the friends. I've heard sermons talked about um, um, uh, um, the Pharisees and and their lack thereof. But but, but I want us to just take a look at the passage with new lenses, if you will. Um, The truth of the matter is we have all can probably come up here and preach um, this text here. Amen. I said all of us. I know you're looking at me. I know you feel that there is nothing. I see you. I see you, sis. I see you, sis. See, see it's like at an auction. You got to be careful how you move. You know, you get singled out. You've been about the farm. Amen. Um, but, 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 but I believe that um, God will use anybody that he chooses if you make yourself available. And so that's why I say I believe any one of us can come and share this text with us today. But I believe that there is something special God wants us to take away from here. Um, one of the questions is, a simple question is, who is Jesus in, in the text? In the text. Who, who, who is Jesus? Uh, or what is, what, is, what is most important fact about is who is Jesus? What is Jesus? Amen. If you could just state one fact about Jesus, that made him who he was, what would it be? If you could just name one thing about Jesus, what would that one thing be? And the truth of the matter is most of the world will say something like, um, he was a good man. Have you ever heard that before? Amen. He's a, he, he's a good man or he's a gifted teacher. Though, though, those are also true about Jesus, but, but they are not by no means the most important thing about who Jesus is. He is much more than a good teacher. He is much more than a gifted teacher. In some churches today, it has become popular to think that Christ is a social activist or, 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 or a political revolutionary. And the truth of the matter is, while that may be true, that Jesus is involved in activism and, 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 and also he's very involved in politics, if you will, uh, uh, that that is not who Jesus is. That, 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 that is not who he is. he is. He is presented as a man who went about rightly uh, 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 doing things right, righting the wrongs and, and feeding the hungry and, and, and healing the sick, uplifting the depressed. And all of these things he did against the custom of that day. And the truth of the matter is there is nothing wrong with the fact that Jesus healed and that Jesus opened the eyes of the blind and that 
and that Jesus uh, uh, was involved with helping people with their depression. That's a great thing. But let's make it clear. Uh, that's not who Jesus is. Uh, this is true uh, 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 about Jesus. But, 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 but again, it is not even close to the most important thing about Jesus. Some Christians focus on Christ's miracles and some focus on the parables and some focus on the prophetic teachings. And all of these things are important, but none of them are most important thing about who Jesus is. Because the truth of the matter is Jesus is more than a parable. He's more uh, 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 than the prophetic teachings that we have. He's more than the writings. He's more than that. Maybe, maybe we would say that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus gives eternal life to those who believe in him for now. I would agree that these are the most important things that Jesus does. But he saves people from the sins. He, he gives eternal life to people who believe in him. And that is all great. That is all good. That is all wonderful. But what would we be more important than that? These things are more than what Jesus does. Jesus is more than that. Jesus, Jesus does. What, what Jesus does is not who Jesus is. The question was asked earlier, if what, what is the most important fact about who Jesus is? If you were able to just put your finger on one, one important fact about who Jesus is. So what is the most important thing or fact about Jesus? Well, I'm going to help you out right here because some of you looking a little glazed over right now and and I just want to help you out because you probably thought that he is a good teacher. He, 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 he's, a, he's, a, he's a prophetic man. He, 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 he healed folk. And that's, and that's truly important. Amen. He rose you, got you up, Sister West, uh, 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 out of your sick bed. Amen. Uh, uh, truly, truly, that's important to, you know, about Jesus. But the truth of the matter is, let me help you out. The most important thing that I want us to walk away from this message today, uh, understanding and knowing that the most important important thing about Jesus is that he is God. He's God. Uh, this is what Jesus sets out to show his disciples here in the book of Luke. Uh, Jesus has called some men to be his disciples and he is teaching them how to become fishers of men. He is teaching them how to cast the line. He is teaching them how to bait the hook. He is teaching them uh, what is most important in the life of a disciple. His disciples are going to catch men the, and the most and, and and they must be able to love all people, even those who are unlovable. And the truth of the matter is that presents a challenge to the majority of us to love somebody that don't love you back. We have marriages like that. Uh, where is where one is loving the other, but the other one isn't loving back. But yet we're still living together. 
Jesus is teaching the disciples some very important truths here. He needs them to understand now that there is more than just knocking on doors. I need you to understand and know that Jesus is more than just handing out food baskets. I need you to understand and know that Jesus is more than a phone call here and there. I'm just checking in on you. Now, now in our, in our passage, uh, we can see that once people are, in, are, are, are attracted to Jesus because of the love we show them, we need to make, it, make sure that they understand who Jesus is. He is not just a teacher. He is not just a good man, but Jesus is God. So the scene that Luke sets up for us, the first part of 17, which says now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. See, the parallel account in Mark chapter two tells us that there were not just Pharisees and teachers of the law there, uh, but also there were large crowds of people who had gathered to hear Jesus teaching uh, the the word of God. But along with this large crowd of people, there came these Pharisees and these teachers of the law from every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. Words of Christian ministry, miracles had been spread and the religious ruling class had heard rumors about Jesus teaching and the way the crowd was flocking to them. And so now they're gathering there to check Jesus out to either support him or be a hindrance to him. Uh, they showing up um, to either, either, either lift him up or tear him down. And so now these religious leaders are coming to hear him uh, for themselves in order to determine whether they should accept or encourage or to accuse and condemn and it's at this point that they all gather not to learn from him, uh, but to pass judgment on him. They're there now because Jesus has now um, disrupted their ministry. Jesus has now disrupted their way of life. What now used to be their light shining. Jesus has now come to shine the light. In another place. And now these teachers of the law, now these legalistic Pharisees, these legalistic law keepers, they are, her, are they, 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 these here, these here heresy hunters, these, these, they, these individuals are now showing up now to try to discredit what Jesus is doing. In fact, the title Pharisees comes from the Hebrew word, which means to divide, to separate. In other words, they had developed a whole system of rules and regulations and laws for how they were to keep themselves separate from the world. Now, as with all legalism, it was impossible to keep all their rules and they themselves were hypocrites and couldn't keep their own laws. But once one of the things that they loved to do was to go around and try to find people who were not living as the Pharisees thought they should or who were teaching something contrary to the Pharisees teaching. 
And undoubtedly, uh, uh, that, 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 that was why they had gathered there to see Jesus. They were professional sermon critics. Uh, they were there to make a decision about Jesus. He has not been trained in their schools, they say. Uh, he was not brought up in their way, uh, they say. He has not received their stamp of approval. And now they are there to criticize and critique. How many of us show up? To the sermon and to the service to critique and to find ways to criticize. They were there and it was great that they were there, but they were there with evil intent. And so now they have all come from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem to determine who this Jesus is and why they should and what they should do about him. So maybe, maybe, just maybe you have the same question about Jesus. Who is Jesus and, and what should I do with Jesus? These are the most important questions you can get answers for in your entire life. But when you die and stand before God on that judgment day, the question is, what will he say about you? Because I want us to understand and be very clear that there is a life after this. That you're not coming back as a flower or a tree or a dog or some type of light fixture. So when you understand that there is more to Jesus than meets the eye. And so here it is, Luke, 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 because he is a physician. Luke, he emphasizes on the healing ministry of Jesus. Whereas if you look at Mark's reading, Mark's chapter two, Mark emphasizes the teaching ministry of Jesus. But remember, Jesus often did both. Uh, he taught the word and then he proved that what he was saying uh, was true by performing a miracle. So not only did he talk about it, he was about it. Amen. He didn't just talk the talk, but Jesus walked the walk. He didn't just say what he was going to do. He proved it and did it and stood back and said, how you like me now? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law has surrounded and the surrounding crowd could have recognized that at the very minimum that Jesus was a prophet of God simply by the miracles that he did. But many of them accepted him as a prophet. In John chapter 7 verse 40, this is what the multitude said of him, uh, that he was a prophet. But Jesus wants to show them uh, that he is more than just a prophet. Before we see how Jesus does this, uh, uh, let me show you uh, one last thing from Luke chapter 5 uh, verse 17. Let's met, let, let me ask you uh, uh, this one question. If you were trying to cram as many people as possible into a house or into this room and see Jesus how would they be standing uh, 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 would they be standing or would they be sitting I submit to you that if we were to get as many people in this room we will have every last one of them standing because to have them seated would take up more room 
What am I saying? You see, you see, uh, 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 as many ha- as ex- accepted Jesus and, and, and were there in the room, we understand that the Pharisees, according to the text, the Pharisees were sitting when they walked in. Why, why, why was this? Well, 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 uh, uh, you must understand that in Jewish culture at that time, um, it was the teacher who sat and the students who stood. And today, uh, uh, this is reversed. Uh, uh, you go to school and the students sit while the teacher stands. Even here in our very own tabernacle of praise, uh, I am standing up here preaching to you and you are sitting there listening to me. But in Jewish culture, the teacher sat and the students stood. And so the Pharisees and the teachers of the law came to hear Jesus, but they didn't come to learn from him. Oh, no. Oh, no. They were there and they sat. All the more, all the more, all the more people could fit into the house. If they stood, they will not stand because they want to be in the position of authority. They wanted to make it clear and make it known that they are teachers. They want to be, wanted to appear like they are in control. They, they, they don't want them to, uh, 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 to learn anything. They want to teach them. They're not there to learn. They're there to teach. And so they sat. Do you see the scene now? Jesus is sitting On one side of the room, the Pharisees are sitting on the other side. They both are sitting. It's kind of like a a standoff because of the two, though in the this instance, uh, uh, but but, but, but we could call it a a set off. But 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 then something happens which destroys all the dignity of the Pharisees. Something happens which gets them to stand up and scurry about like ants. Uh, it is actually very humorous to picture what happens next. Uh, oh, oh yeah, God is going to get the glory. God is going to get the praise. And so while they sat, something now happens. I know all of you have read and heard this story before, but stop for a minute and imagine this scene. It is really quite comical. Uh, Look down at the end of Luke chapter 5, verse 26, very quickly. After uh, after the events that had happened uh, here, all the people kept on saying to one another, we have seen strange things today. This was the craziest, most comical thing that had probably ever happened in this town. The people couldn't stop talking about it. Following me into the house where Jesus was teaching that day. Try to imagine yourself standing there in the house watching the events unfold. You're standing there. Jesus is teaching. Jesus is speaking. You see the Pharisees on one side sitting. And you know the culture. You were brought up in the culture and you know that the teacher normally sits and the pupil normally stand but when you look around and see everybody standing but the Pharisees you see something transpiring here and now the roof starts to crumble 
Now, now, now there is the, there is some noise on the outside. Now the Pharisees is, is sitting there and they're trying to pick Jesus apart and they hear commotion on the outside which draws individuals' attention to what is going on on the outside. And now they hear commotion as it's on the outside of the door. Now it begins to shift and, and go around on the side of, of the house and then up the side of the house because you have to understand in Jewish culture, the houses, the way they they were laid out though there was a there was a some stairs that went up on the side of the house to give you access to the roof because at nighttime when it get real cool out night at night there's a place where you can go up there and lay down and relax and so they bring these these here four young men mark tells us they were four young men who bring their paralytic friend and that's a friend for you that's a friend. That's a friend for you. Someone that will take you and carry you up the stairs. And I can imagine as the Pharisees sat there, as the Pharisees, as they began to hear all the commotion, as they began to hear all of the ruckus, you can hear them going around the side of the house and, and up the steps. You can hear some of the comments that are going on. You can hear them. They're saying, be careful, be careful. Don't drop him. Don't drop him. Watch your step. Watch your step. He's like, I got this. I got this. We got to get him inside to see Jesus. You can hear the young parents paralytic man on the bed as they calling him up the steps saying please don't drop me but these these uh, very dignified very authoritative leaders of uh, uh, Pharisees and Jesus they are here to correct and teach Jesus if necessary why was this why, why was this upsetting because they interrupted the fact that Jesus is showing them not that he's just a good teacher, not that he's a good prophet, but Jesus is now showing them that he is God. Why? Because the text tells us, the text says uh, uh, that when Jesus says to the young paralytic man, uh, let me jump on down here uh, to verse 19. Uh, and when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop to let him down uh, with his bed through the tiling and to the midst before Jesus. And as they ripped back the tile, as they opened up the roof uh, as they began to lower their friends down uh, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law as they sat there they're getting disturbed and they're bothered by all the commotion because their agenda is being disrupted you see how God is moving how God will disrupt the enemy's agenda you have to understand that God sees uh, what's going on while they were there for one thing uh, God was using something else uh, God was showing them that this is my son if you would just but take time out and listen to him but they were so caught up in their own thoughts they were so caught up in their own beliefs that they couldn't see the trees couldn't see the forest for looking at the trees they are trying to hear what Jesus is saying but all of this commotion is disrupting them they're upset. They're mad. And finally they get up. These young men, they get up on the roof and, 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 and they begin to lower their friends down. And everybody except Jesus 
expects Jesus to heal the man, but Jesus does something entirely different. The Pharisees are sitting there, the teachers of the law. The crowd has gathered. These four men had broke through the ceiling. They have lowered their friend down and with anticipation, with excitement on their face, they're waiting for the miracle to take place. They're waiting for Jesus to say those famous words, be thou healed. But instead, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven you. What a disappointment. What, what, what a disappointment. Jesus, I've hauled him all up these stairs to see the miracle. The people are looking through the window to see the miracle. But Jesus doesn't say, be thou healed. He says, your sins are forgiven you. Notice that it is not just the faith of the paralyzed man that Jesus saw but the faith of the men who brought him also. Now certainly the paralyzed man had faith, but, but the text says that Jesus saw their faith. Verse 20 says he saw their faith. Uh, do you know that, that this mean, what, what this means for us? In other words, you and I can help our save, can help save our friends and our neighbors and our relatives. Ultimately, it is that why it is the way that God has set this thing up. You see, it's their faith, the faith of the friends that Jesus, when he looked up, he saw the faith of their friends, not the paralyzed man. Keep in mind, the paralyzed man was laying at Jesus' feet. Jesus looked up and the text says when he saw their faith, he spoke to the man and said, your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven you because of the faith of the friends. Because of the faith of the saints. Because of the faith of that Bible-toting, Sabbath-keeping brother or sister. You have faith enough to save your family. But here it is. The paralyzed man, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven you they wanted to witness this they wanted to see it they were looking for Jesus to do something great but Jesus said your sins are forgiven you and the Pharisees become indignant now who is this that gave you the authority to forgive sins the only one that is able to forgive sins is God you see, while they were there looking one way, God was showing up in another way. You have to be careful how you deal with God and how you handle God. Because God has an agenda of his own. And while you're trying to figure it out, he's already worked it out. God has already dealt with it. He's already saw it back when the uh, paralytic was laying on the curve. Uh, just three weeks ago, God had already devised a plan. So who is this that gives you the authority to forgive sins? 
You see, they believed, they, they had faith that Jesus would, 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 would heal their friend. They believed it. They, they were anticipating it. As a matter of fact, out of all the breaking up the ceiling tile, out of carrying this young man up those steps, surely they didn't go through all that with doubt in their mind. Surely they didn't do all of that tithe returning with doubt in their mind. Surely they didn't show up Sabbath after Sabbath with doubt in their mind. Surely they didn't come out of their devotional time up at 6 30 in the morning with doubt in their mind surely they didn't do all of that feeding the homeless and visiting those that are in the prison with doubt in their mind surely they weren't out there telling their story with doubt in their mind these men had faith they trusted God they believed God and they were waiting on God to do the miraculous but God did something else could it be the reason why God hadn't shown up in your situation is because God is trying to show you something else. Could it be while you're waiting on your breakthrough, God is saying that's not important right now. I want you to be ready when I crack the sky. I understand your financial situation. I understand the pain that you're experiencing, but I need you to understand healing you right now was not my main priority. So Jesus is trying to show them something else. Jesus is trying to point out something else. I get it. You worked hard over that caterpillar. I realize that you climbed to the highest of the heights, but that's not where my focus is. So as they lowered him down, they believed that Jesus was going to do the miraculous, but Jesus did something else. Why? Because Jesus is trying to show them something else. I don't want you to just get caught up in the miracles. I don't want you to just get caught up in the financial blessings. I don't want you to just get caught up in the fact that I'm a good teacher. I need you to know that I'm God all by myself. And beside me, there is none other. I'm bigger than cancer. I'm bigger than hatred. I'm bigger than racism. I'm bigger than loneliness. I'm bigger than depression. I'm bigger than the backbiters. I need you to know that I'm God. So, so, so they lowered him down. Jesus said, I need you to see. I'm about to wrap it up here. I'm about to wrap it up. Jesus said, I need you to see something. I need you to understand uh, that I am God. So now the Pharisees in Luke uh, chapter 5, 21, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? You see, the Pharisees correctly understood the claims that Jesus was making. They came to find out who Jesus was, and he was giving them their answer. By forgiving the man's sins, Jesus was simply saying, I am God. I'm God. I'm who you're looking for. I'm who you're sitting right there when you should be standing. I'm who you're looking for. I've been who you've been talking about. I'm who you've been praying to. I'm who the forefathers have been telling you about. I am Emmanuel, God with us. 
just amazing how Jesus can be right in your corner and you don't seem. It's amazing how Jesus can be right there next to you and you miss him because you're looking for something else and God is saying, I am here. I'm right here. Don't look no further. I'm right here. But they were so caught up in their own ideology. They were so caught up in their own teaching. Uh, laws after laws. Uh, laws after laws. So many laws uh, that they can't even keep up. Uh, that they don't even remember. They were looking for Jesus in all the wrong places. Uh, you got to understand uh, that Jesus is not the kind of God uh, that's going to hide from you. He don't hide and seek from you. He don't play those kind of games. He said, if you call me. I will answer. Seek me and you will find me. Knock and the door will be open. But they were looking for him. They were looking for him and he's right there. So Jesus said, this is how I'm going to do this. I could very well heal this young man right now. I could very well just go ahead and wave my hand over him. And this young man can just get up and just start skipping to my loo out the front door. But Jesus said, I'm going to do something miraculous because you're missing something. There is something that said you're praying for one thing. But God is saying, this is what you need to be praying for. This is what I need you to get. You're praying for all this other stuff. And I get it. I get on my knees faithfully. I just let you you know what? I talked to him on the regular and there were things I've been asking God for and I'm like, Lord, how long? How long? But God is saying to me through this text, you're praying for one thing, but I need you to recognize something else. I need you to see something more that even if I don't take it away from you, I'm still with you. And sometimes we get to the point, oh, I feel my help. Sometimes we get to the point that when Jesus don't show up, that Jesus has abandoned us, that when Jesus don't answer that Jesus has turned his back on us but what Jesus is saying in the text here I'm just trying to show you a new side of me I need you to understand that there is more to me than just calling out for my finances that there is more to me than just calling on me for sickness I need you to understand that I'm bigger than cancer I need you to understand that I'm bigger than any disease that the doctors may not have an answer the doctors may not find a cure coronavirus is running amok but I just need you to understand that I'm showing you a new thing so while I could wave my hand I could wave my hand I want you to see that I'm God God all by myself don't need no help I'm the way maker. I'm the almighty. I'm the bomb in Gilead. I am he who once was and always will be. There never will be a day when I will not exist. You can't trace my steps. You can't find my beginning. I have no end. I always was and I always will be. Oh, I wish I had my help right there because Jesus is making a statement. He's letting them know why you're looking for me. I'm right before you. Why you're calling on me. I'm right here with you. Help me Lord. I'm right here with you. I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. I'm your bread when
when you're hungry. Your water when you're thirsty. I'm the way out of no way. I'm with you when everybody's against you. I will always love you. Even when you don't love yourself. Just call me and I will come because I need you to understand that I'm bigger than that. I'm better than that. So the healing of this paralytic man was Jesus simply saying that I am I am God I'm God all by myself That's for me. Sometimes it gets rough. And Jesus is saying, I need you to see more than just the the small side of me. I'm bigger than the Sabbath. I'm bigger than your health living. I'm bigger than all of that. Jesus said, I'm God. Genesis says, in the beginning was the word and the word. God always will be. That's John. I'm sorry, John. But we can go all the way back to Genesis where God stepped out on nothing. Spoken into existence. Let there be light and there was. This is who they're standing in the midst of. This is who is sitting in their room. They're able to touch God. And didn't recognize. So Jesus says, and I'm closing. Jesus says, listen, I could have very well said rise. I could have very well just healed him. But I figure I'll just forgive him of his sin because you have to understand Jesus is not just trying to bring about a physical healing we all want physical healing we all want our limbs to function like they did back when we was 13 and 14 and we want to be able to spring out the bed some of us like to get out the bed and we have to sit on the edge of the bed for about 10 minutes I know I ain't by myself in here. You sit there for a minute and you wait a while. The whole church lit up. I must be talking to everybody in here. But Jesus said, I'm more than just a physical healing. So Jesus spoke to these disciples or these Pharisees and let them know I could have very well just said rise but I figure I'll let you know first of all that I do have the power to forgive sins so I'm going to say your sins are forgiven and then I'm going to back it up to let you know that God is with me and that I am God and that my father and I are one now I pick up your bed and walk and the text says that the young man jumped up and he left out rejoicing So not only did Jesus show who he was, 
he showed them what he can do. There may be somebody here that may be struggling with your faith today. You've lost track. You've got sidestepped. You laid it down just a little too long, and now you're ready to pick it back up again, and it seems like things are just not lining up. And you just simply need a refresh. If you're that person that needs God to just do a, a refresh, just hit the refresh button, refresh, refresh, refresh me, Lord. If you're that person, I just ask you to stand on your feet. Refresh me. Refresh me. There may be somebody here who needs a refreshing and you also need to recommit or rededicate your life to the Lord. You've walked away. You've strayed away. You've turned your back just for a little while. You didn't mean nothing by it, but, but you know, you, you stepped outside the ark. And now you want to come on back home. If you're that person, I just want to invite you to meet me down front. Is there one? Is there one? We're getting ready for our evangelistic effort in October, and we want, to, we want to encourage you even now going forward as we pray, as we share this message with our family and friends. What we want is want each and every one of us to search our hearts and to be prayerful about this effort. Because he that shall come will come, and, and he will not tarry. And we want to be that people like those friends that when Jesus looked up in the ceiling and saw those, those friends because of your faith. Because of your faith. We want Jesus to look at each and every one of us in here and say because of your faith mama's healed. Daddy's saved. Because of your faith your children are covered. Because of your faith the lady at the cash register who you've engaged in conversation with week in and week out about my love. I got her. I got her. See, that's the God we serve. You see, we limit him to we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to have this checked off, we got all these boxes. But God is saying, I just simply need commitment. If you are committed, can you just raise your hand with me this morning? If you're committed, if you're committed. Father God, you see the hands. You see those that are standing. You know each and every one of our hearts. Just asking you, God, to just cover us. Seal the commitment. Keep us ever before thee. Never let us turn our back on you. Because you will never turn your back on us. Thank you again for what has transpired in this here, your house. Lead us now, we pray. In Jesus' name, let the people of God say amen and amen again. God bless you, and have a happy Sabbath. Let's praise the Lord one more time. Thank you, Pastor, knowing that Jesus heals the paralyzed man. We could just stop it right there. Jesus heals. Amen. <laughs> Whatever you need, God's got it. Amen. Let's, take, let's stand for our benediction, and we just want you to take this message and tell the world about Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the word today, Lord. 
recognizing, Lord, that you are more and greater than the Sabbath, greater than the health message, Lord. You're everything that we need, Lord. We want to fall in love with you all over again. So bless us, Lord. Bless each person represented here. Dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence, oh God. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.